Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. been speaking for him this week um, through this talk and I thank you Lord that you've been preparing hearts as well for today. Um, Lord I just pray that you bless his words. I pray that you bless uh, the, the hearts of people that are going to receive it as well. Thank you Lord. Amen. I feel like I've been uh, set up now <laughs> potentially to, uh, to fail but no. God's, God's with me. I'm not going to fail. It's, uh, it's yeah, it's a tough topic. Um, always when you when you put down to preach and you're like, oh, I wonder what the topic is, and it's either elation or frustration. <laughs> um, but no, do you know what? Actually, this week uh, in the office, sort of planning um, for this talk, all of us who are preaching across the sites have all sort of felt a little bit of um, I don't know nervousness, I guess, or. Uh, not really knowing how to deliver it, what to say, um, but do you know what? God is good, and that my prayer is no matter what I say, that actually He speaks to you. Um, and as the time, as the week's gone on, uh, it's been I've got more and more sort of into it, more and more excited about being able to share with this because what we're talking about this morning is still good news. You know, what we're talking about this morning is that there is a God who loves us, there is a God who is good and is for us, and there is a God who wants the best for us and has a plan and a purpose for, for us. So it's good news that we're talking about this morning. But we're going to dive straight in. Um, and it's going to be quite tough. I think it's going to be tough to dive straight in, but we're going to do it anyway. So please join with me on the journey. Christmas Day 2016. So, not the Christmas just gone, but the Christmas before, was a Christmas, actually, that I, uh, I don't really want to remember, in all honesty, but I know it's a Christmas that I'm never, ever going to forget. You see, it all started, actually, in the October. Uh, it was meant to be a routine heart operation that resulted in several severe strokes, which caused hospitalisation. Seeing my granddad lying there, just helpless, unable to eat, unable to drink, barely able to communicate, was extremely painful. Those six to eight weeks from October were hell, were heartbreak. And in some instances were also hope, all mixed together. Why? It was hell because of the pain and the suffering that my family and I had to go through at that time. Heartbreak at the thought that I was going to lose someone that I loved. But there was a hope that actually I might see some healing, that I might see his salvation, and that actually that they were only moments away, just another conversation, just another word. But on Christmas Day 2016, God said no. It was less than two weeks later that I actually found myself resubmerged in similar feelings. Similar feelings of heartbreak, similar feelings of sadness, of anger. All of that because I just received the news that my uncle had just passed away due to cancer. 
and with my emotions still very raw from the passing of my granddad, I could barely come to terms with the fact that my nan had just lost a husband and a son, that my mum had just lost her father and her brother, and that I had just lost my granddad and my uncle. See, on the 5th of January, 2017, God again said no. Because I was praying for a miracle. I was praying for healing. I was praying that God would answer my prayer. I was praying that God would intervene because I know that he is powerful. I know he is mighty. I know he has the power to do that because I've seen it. I've seen it before. I was praying that he would come in and he would rescue my family from the torture of losing loved ones. I was praying for an answer. Now in Jeremiah 33, verse 3, it says this. Call to me and I will answer you. That's what I was doing. I was calling out to him. Because he says it. Call to me and I will answer you. I was calling out to him, praying for an answer. Do you know what? And I'm sure, I'm 100% certain that we, everyone sat in this room has been in a similar position of calling out, of crying out to God for an answer, wanting to see change, wanting to see a circumstance flipped on its head, wanting to see breakthrough, wanting to see healing, wanting to see salvation, wanting to see restoration. The list goes on and on and on. I'm sure we have all been there at one point or more in our lives. Yet at times we can feel that our prayers just go unanswered. We can feel that we're not heard, that actually God doesn't care about this situation, that he's almost as if he's turned his back, that he's not listening. We can feel like that. I know I felt like that. But I want to tell you this morning that that's not true. That's not the truth. If there's one thing that you take away this morning, if you forget everything else I say, remember this one thing. It's actually three, but I'm going to squeeze it to one. (laughs) It's this. It's that God is good. He works all things together for our good. He is a good God. He is a loving Father. God is love. You see, he loves you so much that he actually gave his only son to die in your place. That's how much he loves you. And that God does answer all our prayers. He does. He does answer all our prayers. It says, call to me and I will answer you. He answers all our prayers. You see, I think we sometimes get into a a trap that we think yes is the only answer to our prayers. That what I ask for is what you're going to give me. That's not what he says and that's not what his promises. You see, wait can be an answer. No can be an answer. Not just yet can be an answer. You know, many great people of faith, we see it in the Bible, received no's from God throughout their life. Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Job, Jonah, even Jesus, when he prays about removing this cup, still receives a no. He still has to go through the pain and the suffering. Remember that, that God is a good God who loves you. And he does answer our prayers. 
This morning we actually conclude our 40 day of prayer series. Um, but you know what? It's not, that's not the end of the prayer. It's not like we do 40 days at the beginning of the year and we're all set up and ready to go and then we just um, continue on with our lives. That's not the case. You know what? Now is the beginning of Ivy's year of prayer. We've just started looking at what is it to pray, what, how different ways we can pray, why we pray, all of those things. So now we've got effectively the tools in our toolkit to go and put that to practice. So this is really the start of Ivy's year of prayer. And I just want to draw yourself to some key dates. So if you've got a phone and you put stuff in the diary, then feel free to grab it. Or if you write it down, take a picture, whatever it is. There's just some key things over the next coming months that I'd love for us for you to get involved in as we journey on this year of prayer. The first one is on Thursday, the 15th of March. Um, I believe it's a Thursday. Uh, so yeah, it's a Greater Manchester prayer event. We're telling all across Ivy it's going to be more than just us going there. Get this in the, in, the day, in the diary, sorry. It's going to be a great event where we can come together as a city that wants to see change in our local communities, that wants to see change um, within all the different things that go on here in Manchester that sees churches unite together. You know, many people out there think like, the churches just don't talk to each other. This is a great opportunity to say, you know, I'm standing with my brothers and sisters from other churches and we're going to pray for our local community. So get that in the diary. It'd be great to see you there. The next thing is a little bit more closer to home. On Friday the 20th of April, I mentioned before that we had a vision and prayer night a couple of weeks ago, and do you know what? It was such a good event. It wasn't many of us there, but just to spend time seeking God, praying together, seeing what he's saying for us specifically here in this building, for us as a community, as a church family, what is it that God wants for us that's specific? And that's why I say family, generations, community, all these things were coming out of the last one. I'd hate for you to miss this one. It's Friday the 20th of April, 7.30 in this building. And then the Sunday following that, um, I don't know how many of you were here a couple of weeks ago, we actually went out on Sunday morning to the streets of Didsbury and to our local community and we were praying over those streets and we were seeing what God was telling us to um, pray for, whether it was people, whether it was businesses, whether it was um, where parks, where kids play, for the schools, whatever it was, we were engaging, being out there because everything that we do in here is pointless if we don't do it out there. What's the point of coming in here talking about it, and then we go and live a completely different life out there. There's no point to that at all. So we've got to be prepared to get out there, and I, I'm excited for that because, you know what, it's great because it tests us, it challenges us. Sometimes we might be thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do that. It's when you take that step that you realise you can, and that grows us. And then lastly, as Lucy already mentioned about using the hashtag, um, I was thinking this, like this last week as to, uh, with the AGM just gone, we always, like the AGM, we always like to sort of go back over the year, like what's God been doing throughout Ivy Church in the last year? And I was like, oh, it's always a bit of a nightmare. If you've not recorded anything, you're then trying to rack your brain as to what has God actually done and what are the specific things. And you can think of maybe one or two key events, but you miss so much. And this is going to be a fantastic way that we as a church can... Uh, collate and um, bring together everything that God's done in terms of year of prayer. Now, I don't want you just to hashtag everything you put up there because it will all go to one feed and then I'll basically have to spend three weeks trawling through the feed uh, as to what it is that the good thing. But what we, want, what we want you to be hashtagging is 
Yes, answers to prayer, testimonies, stories, things where you've seen God really move. Don't just say, I'm going to church on Sunday and we're talking about prayer, hashtag IBOP, because I know that we're talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about prayer pretty much every Sunday, okay? So testimony stories of where God has moved, they're the things that are great because they're relational stories about actually how God is alive and is working in our very day. Fantastic. So... We're looking this morning at why God says no. And you could probably understand why I didn't really think that was going to be the most fun topic to be talking on. Um, Because it's hard and it's tough. And I'm sure many of us have experienced that in our lifetime. But you know what? It's important to understand and it's important to, um, to know why God says no. Because actually the more we engage in prayer especially this year being our year of prayer, we're going to be engaging in prayer a whole lot more. So the more we do it, it's inevitable that actually we're going to see more no's. We're going to see a whole lot more of yeses, which is going to be fantastic. But we're also going to see no's. So let's be prepared for it. Let's know how to deal with that. Let's understand a little bit about that so it doesn't just knock us for six every time. But I guess you might be sat there thinking, okay, well, why, why does God say yes? And why does he say no? And I think if you think about it, there are actually some real mysteries out there that I can't answer, that no one can answer. There are answers to prayer that actually we'll never know until we get to heaven and we can ask him face to face and say, why, why didn't you say yes to that? It would have been so good. But you said no, and it hurt me, and I struggled. Why did you, why did you do that? But then I think there are also some other reasons, actually, that are maybe a little bit more obvious that we can look at and we will look at. So it's this whole thing of mystery versus the method. For example, the method being the obvious, maybe, reasons why he sometimes says no. If you've got opposites, two things. If you've got two people praying against the the same thing. So, for example, in football, I play football for um, the local church team. Before each game, I'm there, please, Lord Jesus, please let me win. Come on, Lord Jesus. You can do you can do everything in my power to make me win. Make me be the best person on this pitch. Blah, 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 blah. And you've got, you got their players stood on the other side. Please, Lord Jesus, please let me win. Please, Lord Jesus, I'm going to be the best player ever. Thank you, amen. You know, we're praying for opposites. He can't say yes to both teams winning. Someone's got to lose in, in that prayer. So when you're praying for opposites, when you've got two people praying against the same thing on the opposite side, someone's going to get a no. We've also got... Free will. This is something that God gives us, free will. He doesn't force anything upon us, but he gives us free will. That basically means a choice. He gives us our own choice, that we can make the choice for ourselves. He doesn't force anything upon us. So imagine you're young, charming, you've seen a girl, if you're a guy, and you've seen a guy if you're a girl, and you think, I want them to be with me. Please, Lord Jesus, would you let them fall in love with me? Please, Lord Jesus, make them fall in love with me. (laughs) If they don't want to fall in love with you, God's not going to force that upon them. He's not going to make them change their mind. I mean, it might be the case that certain things happen and by their own choice, they fall in love with you. But God's not going to come down and be like, you're going to fall in love with him and you're going to fall in love with her. He doesn't do that. He doesn't step in the way and remove our choice. That's ours. He gives it to us. Other things as well, just a couple quickly. Mortality, I know this is a a raw topic and often comes too soon. 
But you know what? We're not meant to live forever on this earth. That's not our destiny. We're, we are called that we will live together eternally somewhere else in heaven. That's where he wants us to be. But on this earth, we don't live forever. So if we were to... I know we pray for people to, to be here. I was praying for my granddad. I didn't want to lose him when I lost him. And it's hard and it's tough. I wanted a few more years with him. But I have to understand that eventually he's going to pass from being a human here on this earth. But we have an eternal life. And the last thing I just want to draw, maybe an obvious one for those that read the Bible, is that God is always consistent with his word. He doesn't go against what he says. He's not like a hypocrite that says one thing and then does another. Whatever it says in his word in the Bible, that's how he answers our prayers. If we're praying things that are against what he's about, he's not going to answer that with a yes because he's consistent with what he says. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You might think it's quite easy for me to stand up here and say those things. Say, oh, well, that's, that's not the case for me. I find it hard to understand that and believe that. Do you know what? I do too. And actually there are times in our life when God does say no. That's just completely unexplainable. That's so unbearable you don't even want to leave the house. That's so heartbreaking that you just feel like you're an absolute mess because you don't know why that's happened. Why he said no to that thing. But I want to encourage us this morning that actually it's in those times that's the greatest test of our faith. If you have a faith here this morning, when God says no, that is the greatest test of our faith. Because it's saying, I'm going to trust you. He's saying to you, are you going to trust me? This is the answer I'm giving, but are you going to trust me in it? It's the greatest test of our faith. I'd love for you guys, actually, rather than me doing all the hard work, I'm going to get you guys to do some work. Um, so just in, in your rows, just for a minute or two, I'd love for you just to chat with each other, the people that you came with, um, maybe say hello to someone if they, you didn't come with them, introduce yourself, and just chat. What do you think, in the last 10 minutes of me talking, what do you think the main thing that I was saying What's the one point, one takeaway point? You've got a minute to a minute and 30 seconds. Off you go. Okay, I know I instigated the conversation. Um, if you just bring it back. I'm just aware of time. Lots to get through. You can continue those conversations for sure over coffee at the end. It'd be great. Don't just rush off. Um, chat with the people that are around you that's fantastic okay we're gonna gonna jump in and carry on um, and actually we're gonna look at some explanations it's a why why God sometimes says no to us and help us just understand that a little bit but a word of warning for you that what I'm about to share and what we see and we hear and we understand these are all reasons that we can use for ourselves. These are reasons to help us comfort ourselves in time of pain and struggle and heartbreak. They're not things that we use for other people because actually we don't know why God said no to other people. We only know for ourselves maybe the situation where he said no to us. Because sometimes explanations actually aren't the thing that comforts 
We often think, oh, if I know, if I understand why something's happened, it's going to make it easier. It doesn't. I know why my granddad died. I know why my uncle died. That doesn't make it any less painful for me. You know why things happen. That doesn't make it any less painful for you. But it's okay to ask why. It's okay to ask God why. He, he asks us to ask him anything. So why not ask why? Even Jesus asked why on the cross. But knowing the why, if it is revealed to us, doesn't bring the comfort. So these are things that we use for ourselves, not to put on to other people. I've got here in my notes the three Ps, which is a sermon classic, isn't it? Three Ps. So at least I'm doing something right. So God says no. First one, when he has the bigger perspective we believe, I believe in a God, we read about a God who is all-consuming, who can see into the past, seeing the past, sees the present, sees the future. He has the bigger picture. If we trust that, then that helps us. You see, he can see what we can't see. He sees all the implications of every decision that we make. He sees it all, and we can't see everything. Everything We only see effectively what's in front of us. Sometimes we don't even see that. You think a bit how, how you set up dominoes and then you push it and how they all fall. You see, he sees the very last domino. He sees all the ones in between. We might just see the next one. We don't know what's going to happen by, by praying that prayer or by wanting that thing. We only see what's instantly in front of us, whereas he sees everything in Hebrews 4:13 it says he knows about everyone everywhere everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God nothing can be hidden from him see he knows he knows see we ask for things yet we can't even imagine the implication and the end result weeks down the line months down the line years down the line generations down the line but God knows God sees it you see, every prayer that we pray, whether it's a, a good or bad, whatever, every prayer that we pray has a consequence. It starts a chain reaction. It might be a great consequence. It might be what you wanted, but it might not be. But every prayer we pray has a consequence. It leads to something else. But we've got to believe that God has a bigger perspective, that he can see it all. And actually, that's sometimes why he says no. God's got a better plan. You see, all prayers are answered. I've said that already. All prayers are answered. And actually, sometimes he does answer with a yes. If that's what we're praying for, sometimes he does answer with a yes, but he answers it in a way that you didn't intend for it. You see, often when we pray, when I pray, I've got a clear idea in my mind how I want things to go. You do this, then you do this, then you do this. That'd be great. Thank you, Jesus. And actually, I get to the end result. I get to the end result, and he, he blesses me with the end result, but the steps along the way are completely different to how I intended. You see, he's got a better plan for us. He says, I'll say yes to your prayer, but not how you want it to be said, how you want it to be done. In Isaiah 55, 8-9, it says this, The plan of mine is not what you would work out, neither are my thoughts the same as yours, for my ways are higher 
than your ways. You notice that? My ways, plural, are better, are higher than your ways. You see, there isn't just one way with God. He's got infinite ways that he can work that are better, better ways. Unlimited, not just one. For example, say you're struggling financially. You might be in some form of debt and you think, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to pray. Jesus, I'm, I'm going to walk into the shop. I'm going to buy this lottery ticket. Please help me. Like, I need this. You know my financial situation. If I can just have all of the numbers, that would be fantastic. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. See, there are multiple ways that God can answer your prayer about being in financial struggle. And we think, I know, let's win the lottery. The quick, the easy, the one that's instant. But I don't think that's how God answers prayer. He doesn't want the quick, the easy, the instant. You know, there are multiple ways that actually God can help you with your financial situation. He could give you a promotion. You've got an increase in income. He could change the way that your lifestyle is. You have decrease in outgoings. They're both very easy, simple ways of which you can work towards your financial situation. God's not about the easy option. He's about the growth. He's about your character. He's about you as a person. He's more interested in you growing into who he's made you to be than he is about how comfortable you are and how easy a life you have. Because if you think about that situation, oh, I win the lottery, great, can retire, pay off the mortgage, everything, life's easy. He's not about an, an easy life. We're not called to an easy life. Jesus says that. We're not going to have an easy life if we follow him. He's interested in our character because it's in times when he says no, it's in times of, of struggle and when we don't really know what we're doing, that's when we grow, when we grow in faith, when we take that step. God's more interested in your character than in your comfort. And thirdly, the third P for those that have been keeping note, bespoke purpose. Every one of you sat here is an individual. None of us are the same. Even if you're a twin, you're different. Even if you're an identical twin, you're different. God has made each and every one of us unique. And inside each and every one of us, he's put a purpose. He's put a plan. He's got something for you that he wants you to have, but we can only have it if we come to him and we ask for it. But do you know what? Sometimes that's why he says no, because he knows that that no is going to benefit your purpose, what he's planned for you in your life, the things that he has, because we've said he knows all things. He can see 10 years down the line. And actually that no back when you were 15 has enabled it to be a yes, now you're 25. That no back when you were 20 is now a yes because you're 60. You know, he sees the purpose in your life and where you're going. Everything God makes, he's made with a purpose. In Psalm 57 too, it says, I cry out to God most high who fulfills his purpose for me. See, it's him the one that fulfills it for me. I don't fulfill it on my own. I come to him. And as we've already said, his purpose is good. He is a good, loving father. It's not a bad purpose that he has for you. He's got good things in store for you. But actually, the things that we go through in our life can all be part of the purpose. 
We all know that good and bad things happen in our lives. We ourselves make good and bad choices. God says, even in that, even in that mistake that you made, even in the bad stuff that's going on in your life, I can make that good. I can make it fit and work for good, for the purpose I have in you. I can do that. God's got a purpose for your life. And the purpose ultimately is that he wants to spend eternity with you. He wants to spend eternity with you. He wants you, him to know, he wants you to know him. He wants to know you. And he wants to spend eternity with you. And actually the things that we go through in this life are of quite small comparison to the reward that is waiting for us in heaven. The eternity that we get to spend with our Heavenly Father. What time are we on? Okay. As I said before, there are things that we're just never going to know the answer to. We can, we can sit there and we can cry out and, and actually it's a complete mystery. And we long to know the answer for them, but we just can't. There are things that actually might never change. As, as much as we pray and as hard as we pray in the here and now, we don't see change. And that's tough. And that's hard. And I'm not saying that that's easy to be in that place. But I keep coming back to the fact that God is good. That God is love. And that God does answer our prayers, even if it's not what we expect. Because God is more interested in our character and how we grow in faith than he is in us leading a comfortable life. Quick little story. In preparation for this talk, um, I was really reminded of my sister. Uh, for the past 10 years or so, her name's Becky, um, Becky suffered with quite severe food intolerances um, to the point that it was just getting ridiculous. Like no, no medical advice or anything was really putting the nail on the head to say, this is what you have. It was just everything she ate didn't sit right with her, which meant that she couldn't really eat much and she lost a lot of weight and was getting very ill. As well as this, a couple years ago, so she's suffered with the food intolerances for a number of years now, about 2012, 2013, she started to show, show signs of uh, quite severe chronic fatigue, which basically resulted in her some days being completely bedbound. She had to stop work. She couldn't, get, she couldn't have enough energy to go to work, so she completely uh, sort of left on her own, really, in that she didn't have the energy to do anything. Bedbound, housebound, lack of energy. You know, and she really had to plan what she did in her week to think, if I go for coffee with you, I'm not going to be able to do anything for the next three days. And they're the decisions that she was having to make. It is extremely painful for her, someone who loves to socialise, someone who loves her friends, someone who loves to um, fulfil her purpose, to have a job, to feel like she's worth something. But she had to give all that up because this robbed her of all of that. And my prayer, our family's prayers, her prayers were, of course, full healing. Come on, full healing. We know you can do it, God. Bring full healing for both the food stuff and for the chronic fatigue. Bring healing. That's what we're praying. I remember that actually there'd be times where I was just like, let her go to sleep tonight. Then when she wakes up, 
she'll be completely changed, like full healing, completely changed, just overnight, instantly. She goes to bed with all this pain and suffering, she wakes up, new person. Because I've heard, I've heard stories like that. I know people that have, that's happened to them, so I believe it can happen. But that's not, that didn't happen. It didn't happen for us. It didn't happen for Becky. That wasn't the answer. God said no to that instant healing for her. But you know what? In that pain and in that suffering, God was still at work. God still works in all of that. And I messaged Becky just to say, hey, do you mind me sharing a little bit about your story? Um, to which she was great. And she's like, yeah, by all means, like, if you want any more like, message, just let me know and I'll, I'll give you more. Because she, she knows that God was at work. And this is, what she, this is what she messaged me back, just a snippet of it. She said, and through that time, God taught me that he is always good. I'd not told her that I was what I'd been planning. So this is just how God works. And through that time, God taught me that he is always good and always at work, even when we don't feel it. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is for us. It can definitely be tough, but you've got to keep dwelling on the truths in God's word and don't give up hope. You see, even in our darkest hour, even in the most painful experiences of our lives, God is still at work. And he can use those moments to, for us to bless others. And actually, it's in those moments that we become most Christ-like. You know, Christ gave his life for us. He suffered for us. He suffered for the benefit of, his, of God's children. That's me and that's you. He suffered for you. And it's when we suffer for others that we can become most Christ-like, when we suffer, we can bless others in that. You know, I'm, I'm amazed and I'm thanking God that actually Becky has been healed of the chronic fatigue. A couple years later, she's back, she's well. Yeah. It's great. It is amazing to see. And you know, that has been a real answer to prayer. But she still suffers with the food intolerances. That's not gone. It's not been a complete full healing. That's something that we continue to pray about. But you know what, what once used to rob her of her joy, what once used to rob her of her life, that pain, she's now able to use that in order to bless those around her, to bless and benefit others. See, what I'm saying is don't waste the pain in your life. Don't just cast it off and think, I don't want to know about that. I can't even begin to talk to someone about that because actually if we hand it back to God, we say, you know the situation that I'm in. Use it. Use it. Use me in this to bless other people. And as we start to do that, and I know people are starting, I know that there's stories of that in this church this week where God has used their pain that they're suffering with to bless other people. And that's an amazing thing. Okay. We're going to, can I invite the band up? That'd be great. We read in 2 Corinthians about actually how Paul, who's classed as one of the, the greats, one of the Christian greats, um, how he also received a no from God, how he also had to deal with pain and with suffering. It says this, Three times I prayed to the Lord about this and asked him to take it away. But his answer was, my grace is all you need, for my power is greatest when you are weak. 
So I gladly boast about my weakness so that Christ's power can flow through me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. (coughs) My grace is all you need. I want that to be our prayer today, this morning. If you find yourself in a position where you're struggling, where you're in pain, where you feel like you've been given a no and you don't know why, his grace is all you need. I wonder what um, you've been praying about so far in this year of prayer. I'm sure there have been some pretty big ones out there, praying for breakthrough. I wonder what you've been praying about that you've yet to see happen, that you're longing for, but actually you feel like God's sort of saying no to you, that he's closing a door that you thought was a guaranteed cert to be open. I want us to pray for breakthrough in that you know because having a no isn't a I'm going to just give up and all right that's fine you know there's a there's an an element of yes we want to accept what God's plan is for our life and and how we deal with the no but we can still always be praying for breakthrough there's still always hope there's still always power there's still always the opportunity to pray into the situation I wonder if we've got any prayer team with us or if you're uh, either on staff here or an elder or someone you can make yourself available to pray. We're going to spend some good time. Don't worry about the kids. We're going to spend some time praying into this. Um, So if you are on prayer team and you come up to the front, just we've got some space here up the front, that'd be great. Or if you're, let's say, elder staff or if you're a grow group leader and you've prayed on the prayer team before, can I invite you to come up? sense that some of us sat there you're thinking about situation in your head as I've been talking this morning and you feel like it's the end that's it and it might be that that's the end of the chapter but let me tell you this it's not the end of the story there's plenty more to come I can invite you all to stand if you're able to. And if there's things that you want prayer for, please don't feel that there's, you know, I need to say something, come down. We've got people here that are willing and wanting to pray with you, pray through stuff. As I'm talking or as we're singing, please come down and receive prayer. This is, don't waste this opportunity. If there's something that you're suffering with that's painful, these guys are here to pray through that with you. Pray that you can use that to bless others. Don't be ashamed. No one's looking out. We're all here together. We're all family. Just before we just before we enter into some sung worship and some prayer time, if we could just maybe put out our hands in a receiving posture if you if you want to receive this morning. There's this poem that I'd like to read out over us. It's a bit of a blessing for us. It says this. You are who you are for a reason. 
you're part of an intricate plan. You are precious and perfect, unique design, God called God's special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. God made no mistake. He knit you together within the womb and you're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones that he chose and no matter how you may feel, they were custom designed with God's plan in mind and they bear the master's seal. Know that trauma you faced was not easy and God wept that it hurt you so. But it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you'd grow. You are who you are for a reason. You have been formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.